Hello world and welcome to the Overtone Warp Zone. This podcast is for people who enjoy games, love music, and want to know more about how their favorite songs work. Each episode will focus on some pieces of music from the video game corpus and talk about one musical concept found in those pieces. In our first season, we're diving deep into the score of Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. I'm Dan Bergman, and let's get started. Did you know? I'm a big fan of Nintendo characters. I wonder if you could tell by this point. Kirby is one of my favorites. I always loved Kirby Superstar for the Super Nintendo. Something about the fact that there were nine game modes with slightly different features was exciting to me. It was one of those games where I rented it so many times that my parents probably paid for the price of a full game a couple times over. King Dedede has been the second most important character in the Kirby franchise ever since its first game in 1992. In that game, Kirby's Dreamland for the Game Boy, the plot revolves around Dedede's abduction of all the food in Dreamland. Dreamland, of course, is the largest country on planet Popstar. It's probably best not to get too involved with the science fiction underlining this series in particular. Just enjoy the cutesiness of it. Kirby is the one to volunteer to fight his way through the hordes of minions at DDD's command and restore things to the way that they should be. Here's King DDD's theme from the original game, which shows up in the Kirby retro medley in Smash Ultimate. This piece is composed by Jun Ishikawa. King Dedede is a penguin who dresses himself in king's finery, as well as what seems to be a crown slash toque and mittens. I love what Nintendo has to say about him as a description on his amiibo site. In it, Dedede is dubbed Kirby's arch frenemy, who calls himself the king of dreamland, but he doesn't have a lot of interest in ruling. His hobbies include eating, stirring up trouble, and yelling orders at his loyal waddledees while bashing things with his huge hammer. Nintendo is right to label DDD as an arch frenemy, as he has appeared as a main antagonist in many Kirby games, especially in its beginnings. In later games, King DDD becomes one of the several playable characters in the main storyline, and even as far back as the second game in the series, Kirby's Adventure, his motives for destroying the beloved Star Rod were mistaken as malicious, when in reality he was attempting to stop the greater threat of Nightmare. DDD is not so much malicious as he is greedy. And if you question his friendship with Kirby, just watch when he reunites with Kirby at the end of Smash Bros. Brawl's Subspace Emissary. Seeing those old friends embrace brings a tear to my eye. His lazy nature is perfectly embodied when, if you play him in Smash Ultimate and Crouch, he poses in a relaxed, lounging position. This is probably the best taunt in the entire game. Alright, let's get to a remix of this boy's theme. This one comes to us from Smash Bros. for Wii U, arranged by Hideki Ishigaki and Hideki Onoue.
I love this song. I think the fact that Kirby's death jingle is in the turnaround is so perfect. It's like we're in DDD's dream where he was actually victorious after all. When I listen to this, I'm reminded of the Samurai Kirby minigame in Superstar, where the player is engaged in a samurai duel of silliness. The characters wield fans, pies, and squeaky toy hammers, to name a few. The duels are reaction-based, Wild West style, where the player hears a sound effect and a visual pops up on the screen and they need to react by pressing a button faster than the CPU to win. Here's the theme for that minigame, also composed by Jun Ishikawa. I mean, this has to be the inspiration for the DDD remix, right? It's in the same style, it has the um, guitar thingy and the flute dealio. Ah, just kidding, I know what they are. The theme for this episode is... Traditional Japanese music! Just like with our flamenco episode, I can't claim to have expertise in a music system of a culture that I didn't grow up in, but nonetheless, let's have a look at what makes this remix unique. The first thing I ask myself when I listen to this music is which instruments are playing. My ears could pick out a plucked string instrument and a flute style instrument. A quick search of traditional Japanese musical instruments in a plucked string category and flute category has over a dozen results each, so I thought I might have to guess at the answer. However, Hideki Ishigaki and Hideki Onoe, the two credited with the remix of DDD's theme, are renowned shakuhachi and shamisen players, respectively. Let's talk about each of those instruments. The shakuhachi is a longitudinal end-blown flute made of a single piece of bamboo. Longitudinal means that you hold it in front of you like you would hold a recorder, as in the kind you play in elementary school. But the end-blown part is what makes it different from the types of flute we're familiar with in Western music. Recorders have a whistle-type mouthpiece, and the kind of flutes you find in a band class or orchestra, you blow across an opening, or like a pan flute or the infinitely less sophisticated pop bottle. On the mouth end of the shakuhachi, there's a slanted opening where your lower lip is pressed against to make a seal. The other end of this same opening, there's a small divot with a sharp edge where you blow over top of. The air hitting both sides of the sharp edge creates the note. That sharp edge is just like the sharp edge of the window on the mouthpiece of a recorder. It's kind of hard to describe, so you should look it up. A good link for that is in the show notes. I've also never tried playing an instrument like this, but from what I've read and from what I've listened to from other people who play it, it seems very difficult to start. As far as the name of the instrument, shakuhachi relates to its size. Shaku is an archaic unit of length, meaning 30.3 centimeters, and hachi means 8 tenths. So basically, the literal translation of the name of this instrument is 1.8 shaku, or 54.54 centimeters. That has a bit of a ring to it, but I think I prefer shakuhachi. There are different sizes of the instrument, and they all keep the same name, but the 1.8 shaku size is the most common. The traditional instrument has five finger holes tuned to the minor pentatonic scale. However, 
any pitch as possible through a number of techniques, such as the blowing angle over the opening, altering the embouchure or mouth shape, or different fingerings, covering half or a third of the tone holes, for example. Each of these different ways of playing could produce the same note, but they would have a slightly different timbre or tone to them. As such, the specific means of producing the note would be notated in the sheet music for the player. Also interesting is that shakuhachi music is written out like guitar tablature and is read like Japanese script or kanji, where you start in the top right of the page, read down the column, and then move to your left. The origins of the shakuhachi seem to be from the Chinese instrument zhao, which came to Japan around the 7th century. Some interesting developments took place in the medieval period. A sect of Zen Buddhist monks called Fuke earned exclusive rights to play the shakuhachi from the shogun. They also earned an exemption from travel restriction, which was enforced in Japan at this time. This is because these monks used music played on the shakuhachi as meditation. They would be played as solo instruments and according to the player's breathing, which is called hankyoku. This would give the music a free-flowing sense of time. We can hear something reminiscent of that halfway through a verse of our DDD remix. These Fuke sect monks would often be used as spies for the shogunate because of their ability to travel. They also kept anonymous as it was their practice to wear wicker baskets on their heads as they played. Perhaps this is because the monks had the moniker Priests of Nothingness. The shogunate also had spies pretending to be shakuhachi players. Well, everything changed for the shakuhachi in 1868, which saw the Meiji Restoration. This, in essence, restored the practical power of ruling to the Emperor of Japan rather than the shogunate. With this restoration came the abolishment of the shogunate, as well as the Fuke sect, and the shakuhachi was officially forbidden for a time. As a result, much of Hankyoku repertoire was lost to the world. Before the ban was lifted in full, it was lifted in part, such that the shakuhachi could be used as an accompanying instrument for the Japanese koto, or the shamisen. The translation of shamisen to English is three strings, and the instrument has, you guessed it, three strings. You gotta appreciate these practical naming conventions of these instruments. The shamisen has a lot of similarities to a guitar, but even more so to a banjo. It has a small body that is square-like in shape, with a long neck that runs through the body and out the other side, with the three strings stretched across the neck and the surface of the body. The shamisen is banjo-like in that the body has no sound hole, but it does have a skin stretched across the surface like a drum would. These days the skin is synthetic, but as far back as 2006, they would use the skins of cats and dogs. Oh no. The strings used to be made of silk, but are now mostly nylon. The shamisen has no frets, so players can slide between notes. The lowest string is also laid lower in the saddle than the others, and creates a characteristic buzzing tone known as sawari. The guitar that we are used to in the West often has a fixed tuning, E, A, D, G, B, E. The shamisen has no set tuning, but is instead pitched according to the vocal range of the singer or to the player's liking. There are three tunings that are most frequently used. Hanchoshi, or home tuning, tunes the three strings to D, G, and D. 
ni agari, which means raised second, raises the second string from a G to an A, so now the tuning is D, A, D. San sagari, which means lowered third, lowers the third string from a D to a C, meaning the tuning is D, G, and C. Because we said that the shamisen has no set tuning, the intervals that I mentioned would remain the same, but would be shifted either up or down in pitch according to the player. One of the most interesting things to me about the shamisen is the type of plectrum they use. A guitar pick is a type of plectrum, so a plectrum is basically the thing that you hit the strings with. The plectrum used on a shamisen is called a baki. If you think about a guitar pick, it's so small that you can hold it between your thumb and forefinger, and a baki is, by comparison, huge, almost the size of your entire hand. It's shaped a lot like a putty knife. The baki can be used to percussively slap the body of the shamisen below the string as well. Once again, it's believed that this instrument came to Japan through a Chinese instrument, the sangzian, in around the 15th century. It doesn't have quite as colorful a history as the shakuhachi has. The shamisen has been widely used in folk and art music as accompaniment to lyric and narrative song, in the orchestras of puppet dramas, and it can be played solo or with other shamisen or Japanese instruments, or with singing. Again, what we talked about today was really just a scraping of the surface of the history and techniques of these instruments, but it is good to have a context to understand music from different cultures. The duo who arranged our remix of King Dedede's theme, Hideki Ishigaki and Hideki Onoe, stylize themselves as Hide and Hide, and they make their living as a professional performing duo, active since 2007. They call themselves the starters of hyper-traditional music. They are just as at home playing traditional repertoire on the instruments as they are playing contemporary pieces. And more than that, they believe that their music is a continuation of the evolution of Japanese music tradition into the future. These two artists arranged a total of two tracks for Super Smash Bros. for Wii U, both of which are in Ultimate. The second is titled Glory of Heracles, from the series of the same name. If you're like me, this is the first that you've ever heard of this game. It's a JRPG that's been around since 1987 in Japan, spawning six games in total, the last of which was released for the DS in 2008. In Japan, this last game was called Glory of Heracles, Proof of the Soul. But this is actually the only game in the series released in the West, so there it was just called Glory of Heracles. In this game, the silent amnesiac protagonist teams up with other Greek immortals such as Leucos, Axios, Eris, and Heracles to try and remember their past and how it is that they came to become immortal. We'll end the episode by listening to Hide and Hide's arrangement of two songs from this game. But if you're like me, then we need to actually listen to those songs first so we understand what they sound like before the remix. The DS game was composed by Yoshitaka Hirota. The first theme from this remix is Battle Theme 4.
the second theme in the arrangement is Field 2. curious as to why it was that these are the pieces chosen to be arranged using traditional Japanese instruments, since when we listen to these original compositions they sound pretty western, and the whole game is themed after characters in Greek mythology. Nevertheless, this is the choice that was made. In addition to the shakuhachi and the shamisen in this arrangement, we also hear some other instruments. In the first half, taiko drums and some woodclappers, named hyoshigi, fill out the sound. In the latter half, you can hear some Japanese vocalizations. Now that you've heard the original two songs, see if you can pick out their melodies in this remix. This is Glory of Heracles by Hide and Hide. you enjoyed the episode. If you have any comments or suggestions for a piece of music or a musical concept, you can contact me at overtonewarpzone at gmail.com. You can also find me on social media everywhere at OTWZ Podcast. Until next time, keep playing. Keep playing.